0: And so they can take everything from you if you let them, but it is only if you let them.
1: Welcome to the Let's Start Health podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Haynes. We live in a noisy world, and this space is intended to bring you clarity, enrich your bank of wellness knowledge, and inspire you to kickstart your journey to healing body, mind, and soul. I'll be interviewing industry professionals and bringing you raw, real, and personal stories of healing through gut health, intuitive eating, and the power of the abundance mindset. Thank you so much for tuning in and getting curious. Your journey to healing starts now. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Let's Start Health, where each week I bring you personal stories of healing for inspiration and interview industry professionals for tactile tips on how to start your journey to live the life promised to you. I'm your host, Chelsea Haynes, a gut health coach specializing in helping you learn how to trust your gut again. I am so excited and honored to bring to you today a very special guest, my dear friend, Camille Key. Camille and I have known each other for years, and after one of our annual meet-up and catch-ups, it was very clear to me that Camille has a very special mission in this life, to help bring awareness to people who might be suffering from an abusive relationship with a narcissist and provide the very specialized support that they may need in order to safely get out and heal from this traumatic experience. In this episode, Camila and I talk about some of the specific key warning signs that you might be dealing with a narcissist in your life, what to do if you realize that you or a loved one is in this predicament, and how to move forward with your life after abuse. It's really important to note that Camila and I are not doctors, and these signs are not mutually exclusive to narcissists. Just because someone may be showing similar signs, it is important to seek counsel from a professional. This is simply a conversation between two people who have personally experienced the havoc that this hurricane could make. Be sure to listen until the end where Camille provides specific resources for help. And if you feel that you or a loved one is in need of support, please go to her website, aharshtruth.com for more information. Enjoy the show. so grateful to have you here with me today and I would love just to hand the microphone right on over to you and have you introduce yourself and if you wouldn't mind please sharing with us a little bit of your personal story uh, with narcissistic people (laughs)
0: <laughs> no problem. I'm, I'm really excited to be able to finally do this because this is something that I've been very passionate about, especially over the last few years. And I guess just to introduce myself, well, my name is Camille. I've been um, in contact with you for a long time from Charleston and have, I'm super excited to be able to do any type of work with you because you are a wonderful person. Um, but I, my background is, is big events and also technology, um, which is what I do on a daily basis, um, and over the last couple of years, um, you know I moved from Charleston down to Miami and you know I um, have, have had to learn almost become an expert at dealing with people primarily because of the clients that I deal with. And you know when I moved to Miami it was primarily for work purposes and I found myself in a you know a relationship with a wonderful man that had a malignant narcissist in his life and it was something that you know it took a little while because I'm not around this person to, figure out exactly what was happening, where it was coming from, and um, because of, you know, through that situation, I have read numerous books, spoken to numerous, uh, you know, uh, very skilled therapists in this area who have definitely been able to help me in the right direction, Um, but I also have a very personal experience now because I've been living with, dealing with this person now for the last few years, and uh, probably the worst of the worst, I would say, <laughs> and uh, very happy to be able to share because what I've found is many of my friends um, in the past, I have either helped them out of, you know, toxic relationships, and now that I know this type of uh, information, I'm like, wow, you know, if these people were diagnosed more than likely. They were on that cluster B spectrum with a very similar personality.
1: Yeah, it sounds really challenging. <laughs> yes. always a challenge. And I'm just recently personally also had an experience with a loved one who just exited a relationship with a narcissist. And I find it very interesting when the manipulator in the situation also happens to be the female of the relationship, just because I feel like a female narcissist is going to be just even that much more challenging to diagnose and to deal with and to identify. So that leads me right into some of my first questions about this topic. So what might be some of the signs that someone is in a relationship or even a friendship or working with maybe a covert or malignant narcissist? And I'd love to talk about the differences between those two as well. Sure. So,
0: So some of the top signs and whether it's a female or a male, You know, uh, and and it doesn't matter what situation you're in, this person's going to have a huge lack of empathy. That's one of the top signs. So they really kind of just are out to get what they want, and they really don't care who they step on in the process. And that can be, I mean, I've seen them at work, you know, situations where, you know, they're throwing somebody under the bus. They're taking credit for your achievements in the office, you know. Whatever they can do to outshine you, they will do, and they just really don't care because they're out for themselves. Um, another really big sign that some people just don't really quite get and, or understand, because this can come off as a vulnerability. So, you know, as vulnerability, people might feel bad for this person. Is, you know, typically a narcissistic person needs constant um, admiration. or they need praise. Or they need constant words of affirmation that, you know, that they are great or, you know, because they don't have that, they don't get that from within, from themselves, you know, so they, they need to be in the center of attention, to have attention on them at all times, um, because that's kind of how they validate themselves. Uh, one of the biggest issues with these people is they're not self-aware. They don't have the ability to become self-aware, um, uh, usually once they get to a certain age, they're just done. And unless they hit rock bottom and they run out of everything, money, friends, family, a couch to sleep on. And, and even then, at that point, most of them are so manipulative that uh, they'll just find someone to manipulate to get what they need. Mm-hmm. So um, so those are two, two huge things. And, you know, number three, this one also can be... Um, can be, uh, we're different, you know, depending on if it's a covert or an overt narcissist, but is they have a sense of entitlement. So they are entitled to all these great things in life. The world owes them something. You owe them something. They don't owe anyone anything. Don't ask them for anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they just have this entitlement, you know, and uh, it kind of comes from nowhere. And on the overt side, they'll tell you straight up they are entitled to, to whatever it is that they desire. Um, on the other side, if they're covert, then, you know, they might, it might come across as being lazy or, you know, a victim and I, you know, I just can't do these things for myself. I can't buy a new car. I can't afford this. I can't do that to the point where maybe you feel bad and guilty from them. So you do it for them. And so either way, they're still getting the same results. You know, they're having, they're getting everything they need from other people, not doing it for themselves. Um. You know, another one is, is that they can be very, they will exploit you. So, you know, if if it's, uh, depending on how bad or severe the person is, they, they can induce a problem and then exploit you for it. They can induce a problem and exploit their children for it. But typically they will be very creative in manipulating or manufacturing a situation that doesn't exist. And, you know, we're blown away by it because, you know, most people don't think that way, but, to where they get what they want and they guilt and they shame you by excluding you for something that they either set up so that it would happen that way or that they did themselves and they project it onto you. And, um, it's very, very tricky sometimes to catch these people. And because they are such great actors, um, you know, a lot of people around them don't want to believe this about them because usually it is a loved one or someone they care about. And they have emotion involved, um, but usually when people are exposed and, and, you know, you've either gotten it in writing, and there's no backing out, so they've been busted. Usually that's when the people around them start to go, oh, okay, something's not right here. And then, they, and then it's like, you know, the veil is lifted and, and you start to go back and rethink all the situations you had with this person that, you know, oh, my God, this person was creating all these problems the whole time between you and whoever else, you know, your family, your friends. Your, your co-workers and you didn't realize who the problem was, but um, it can be very tricky to find these people, <laughs> and you know, uh, another thing is is they, they, they typically don't care about how they make others feel, so they bully people, belittle people, they demean them, they are very intimidating, they can be indifferent, so whether it's a parent or not, so you know, that's, it's all a form of controlling, because typically these people are out of control themselves, so they got to control somebody, or you, or whoever it is to make themselves feel better, or feel like they're in power so uh you know they, they can be controlling you in multiple ways so i mean like i said bullying and everything might be a, a over that's someone who just doesn't care they are who they are and they're going to you know get what they want and control you by intimidating you but then you have the you got the the covert one that's a little bit under the radar that might control you by by guilt you know making you feel guilty you know like mm-hmm. how could you do this to me you know and and you're doing this to me and then all of a sudden you feel bad and then once again you become another source of supply for for someone with this uh, type of personality so you know it can be really hard all those things you you think that with when you hear these things that you would immediately put point them out in the person and then you wouldn't fall for it Mm. but the truth is is that some of us have them our whole lives and because they they can be really super sweet and nice send Christmas cards, bake you stuff, you know, never forget your birthday. But when you really start to kind of evaluate the situation, you begin to realize over history, you know, um, throughout history, your relationship with this individual, you had, you know, you were always giving and they were always on the taking end. and, you know, but, but it's, but it's tough. Once again, like I said, when you have emotions involved, especially if this is someone you love or you care about, um, you usually end up grieving the relationship you never had with that person. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so that can allow us to be doormats a lot longer because, you know, mm-hmm. we we wish that things were different, you know, or that they were different.
1: Yeah. So there's so much to what you just said that offers so much value. And for anyone listening to this, I would love to just, you know, kind of a quick little review of some of those top signs and that was really number 1 a total lack of empathy right and a, a good example of that is maybe if you find yourself having to explain some basic human emotions to this person you know elementary conversation about what it actually means to be nice what does it mean to communicate in a healthy way what does it mean to treat each other with respect um that was something that came up in a conversation recently with my loved one who just exited a, a toxic relationship, and that was that was a regular topic of conversation. <laughs> it was like defining truly elemental uh, or elementary emotions and basic emotions and how to treat people. So a total lack of empathy and number two, um, no ability to self reflect, right? To become self aware. I think that is a huge one, and I think that's something that you know being able to spend alone time for self reflection is something that in a in a healthy working mind is is fulfilling it is nourishment you know if if even if you have a little bit of an inkling of wanting to spend alone time just to self reflect to fill your own cup that's that's a normal thing but what i noticed in this particular individual was that there was no alone time allowed. There was there always had to be some type of stimulation because as soon as this person was alone in their thoughts, it was it was chaos. It was chaos. Correct. Um, another one of the top signs you mentioned was this entitlement, right? This need or desire or really belief that they are truly entitled. And in in just a moment here, I want to talk about the differences between covert and overt. But um, yeah, really outward entitlement. Another one that you mentioned was um, uh, exploiting and manipulating, right? Using Uh guilt or shame or really just being outward depending on really the diagnosis of what type of narcissist this person is. Um, and then last one kind of circles back around a little bit to that lack of empathy, but really just not being able to care about other people. It's just their whole agenda is just really about their own personal gain. So that this leads me to my next question. I'm curious, this need for control, and this is something that in doing my own self-reflecting and loving kindness meditations toward this person that was really wreaking havoc in my loved one's life, um, Where do you think this need, I mean, I have my own thoughts, but I'd love to hear yours before I share those, this need for control, this incessant need for manipulation and and truly this disease of the mind, where do you think it might come from? And is someone more typically predisposed to becoming narcissistic in their behaviors than somebody else?
0: Oh God! You know I've done a lot of research on this also because typically you see there is a history of this. So if it, you know, say this is a say it was a girlfriend of yours, well you you look at the mom and the mother's the same way, and then possibly if you look at her mother, the grandmother's the same way, Um, and so it gets passed down in generations, and it really starts at a very young age. From what I've learned, if a child, you know, in the very early stages of life, between the ages of one and five, even from the time that an infant is born and in the mother's arms, a lot of the unverbal, nonverbal communication that's going on actually really helps to shape that that human into who they're going to be, you know, when they grow up. But it all comes from a place of not being validated. Um, so when they're a child, perhaps, you know, they, they aren't validated for anything. You know, you, you see a lot in narcissistic households with children, the children aren't validated. They're not accepted for who they are and for their natural talents and abilities. You know, their whole purpose there is to make the parent look good, which means that their, their purpose in life is going to be determined by them to the narcissistic parent. So, you know, if this child is an artistic kid that they, you know, they, they, they they're not allowed to explore those and they're not they're not allowed to kind of you know the the, part, the parent will demean that and make them feel like well, you can't do that because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a hobby or it's this or it's that, you know, something that is not, um, not appealing. You know, they try to, they, in a sense, brainwash the child into going down the path they want them to go down. And then when the child tries to, you know, insert, you know, be, have a little independence, you know, the, the parent usually slaps them back at mine. And, and of course then they can, they can shame them. They can, you know, a parent has full control over a child. So, What you typically see is, is around the time the children become, you know, teenagers, if they're in this type of household, then then they're in trouble, they're rebelling, they're doing crazy stuff that you, you, you would never imagine a child that age to be doing because they're, they're not getting any validation from their parents, you know, but it will appear on the outside, like everything's great and normal, especially because that's what that parent puts out there. They have the perfect family, the perfect children, the perfect everything, but the kids know, and, and you know, that person also knows at home it's completely different. They're, they're ignored. They're used as the manipulation tools to get what that parent needs and wants. Um, and then, you know, once again, when the child is successful and they do assert their independence and they kind of start to break that control, you know, break free from that control, is when they start to get shunned and disowned um, by the parent. Um, you know, the love is not unconditional. So the parent will cut the love off, you know, and, and that's, um, that starts at a very young age, you know. So you see what's happening to, to children that have these type of people in the household, anywhere from super young kids hurting animals and inflicting pain on animals when children usually naturally love animals and and want to love them and hug them you know you'll see a kid doing the opposite so you know basically it's just when you'll you'll hear and you'll notice bad you know certain behaviors and then it really depends on how many children are involved, and what role that child has in the family? Because the children had different have different roles on how that child is going to turn out later in life. But you know, you'll see some really odd behaviors that are just completely opposite of what they would what they you know should be. And if you look back into history, over you know, this is very interesting. Although these are very extreme cases, but when you look back into history into serial killers' lives into their childhood, you'll see that they started out early with hurting animals, doing things like that. That you know. When it comes down to it, even even Ted Bundy goes back on his life and says, oh, "I was a perfect child." You know, I I had uh, straight A's, I fit in, I was a great athlete, blah blah. Well, then you talk to the people that grew up with him, and they and they are like, "Well, this person's living in a fantasy world because it was not like that at all." You know, it's very it's exactly the opposite of what they say. So um, so it starts out. That was a very long answer, but it starts out very early in life, uh, and you know, um, there's a, a great. Author of um, Narcissism Revisited, Sam Dachman, who is a narcissist himself, who actually got to the point where he fell, he fell on uh, you know very hard times and was tired of going through the constant, you know, constant revisiting relationships and losing everyone important in his life, and he started to look at himself and um, he found out that he had a problem, and so then he went and he, he began to educate other people on. People like himself and how to beware for be aware. You know when you have them in your life, and he he states they should never be left alone with children. <laughs> wow! Which makes sense.
1: And what is his name?
0: Sam Vaknin, and he has a, a you know I'll send you the link. He's got a YouTube channel, um, and he's also written a book, and he's very well known. Uh, but after the book is called Narcissism Revisited.
1: Narcissism Revisited. Great. We'll definitely put a link to that in the show notes. So it sounds a little bit like it is. Genetic combined with environment and being raised by a narcissist oneself obviously has plays a huge role in what how this might happen to somebody. So, looking at it from the other side, why might it be important for somebody, especially I find that the people who really find themselves in these relationships are. Really, empaths or otherwise defined as a highly sensitive person, why might be why might it be important for somebody like this to become aware of these signs of a narcissist, or that they might be involved with a narcissist?
0: You know, um, well, empaths are, are magnets for for narcissists. You know, so that's something you got to be careful of. Empathetic person, you really care about other people. Uh, you have the ability ability to feel other people's pain, emotions, and you have like kind of just an innate sense that this person needs something and you know, you want to help them, you know, and that's a beautiful thing about your personality format um, for someone that needs a constant supply. So really they're looking for people who are willing to give them that constant attention and admiration and everything they need, but they're not going to give it back. So if you you know, don't kind of see the red flags, and you don't remove yourself, because they'll never remove themselves, and when you try to, most of the time, they're going to try to hold on with all their might, because they know now they're going to have to go find another source of supply, Mm -hmm. and um, because they're never going to look inward and and do this for themselves, Um, and so they'll just drain you. You know, another great word for them would be an energy vampire, and there's some Mm -hmm. other great books about that, Um, but, you know, most people don't realize that even when they get physically ill, that they have an a vampire in their life somewhere that is just sucking them dry, and a narcissist is a, is a, is an extreme, um, extremely great definition of an energy vampire.
1: <laughs> yeah, I use that term often, and I I say regularly that you know removing toxic people from our lives is one of the most challenging, and on the other side of all of that challenge, and change is the most rewarding work ever. And you know, really, I myself am an empath and. Of course, in doing my own reflection with my own emotions involved, especially in the situation that just hit so very close to home recently, I I feel so sad for this individual. I know that this person is very, very, very deep in pain and trauma. And that is definitely the root of a lot of the behaviors of this person and why they are acting the way that they are acting and why they have, you know, they've basically have built up this fortress of protection around themselves. I truly feel sad for this person. And at the end of the day, what's something that I had to remember was that, number one, I can love from a distance, and I can show support without getting my own emotions involved, which I think is really important for someone who is seeing someone they love be abused by somebody like a narcissist. I just feel so much pain for this person, and at the end of the day, it's not our roles to fix anybody, and that's because that person's not broken, but it's not our role to help that person learn the lessons that they've come here to learn, and all we can do is protect ourselves, so What might happen to somebody that, you know, is an empath or is a highly sensitive person who is a magnet for somebody like a narcissist? What could happen if that individual were not to become aware that they were being abused
0: Well, and, you know, typically what happens is um, narcissistic people, um, especially the vulnerable types, not the ones that you see that are, you know, we, we, you know, you kind of asked me a question, you know, um, we, we discussed before is, are they typically males or are they typically females? And, you know, apparently a top 10% of the population are, are, are narcissists. You see a lot of them on a daily basis in the government Uh, and you, you can see a lot of the signs. That I just went over with you, which are the red flags, and you see the lack of empathy and this, and most of the time at the very top tiers of power, you have a lot of very narcissistic types of people, um, which is probably one of the reasons why they got there in the first place, um, but. What happens is, is if you if you don't see what's going on, you're not aware of it. Sometimes they can manipulate situations and then throw you in, in the middle of them under the bus. And either they can cause you to lose your job at work, or maybe they just maybe they just want you out and they take your job. You know, they can, um, you know, try to try to threaten you with your children during divorce and try to separate you from the kids that you love the most. You know, they can try to take you all of your money in a divorce. You know, and and while out this. Uh, uh, at the same time hiding their own assets and they maybe even have more than you, you know, I've seen all of these things personally happen. And so they can take everything from you if you let them, but it is only if you let them because you don't see the signs or if you let them because you just don't want problems or whatever. If you're embroiled with someone or enmeshed with someone like this, you will have a ton of problems and you have got to set very, very strong boundaries and protect yourself Mm -hmm. in every way, you know, emotionally, financially, you know, spiritually, um, you usually find that these people are, are very, their spirituality in their lives is absent. Either they don't or they fake uh, crazy religious, um, you know, um, uh, relationships, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they, they go overboard and they hide behind a, a religious uh, figure or something. Or, you know, like I said, it's either a complete lack of or an over, you know, you know, completely like theater, you know, kabuki theater, (laughs) Mm. you know, of, you know, uh, acting out, you know, you know, whether it's Jesus or God or whatever it is, you know, there's not a lot of substance there Mm. on, on either side. There's not a lot of substance. Their relationship is superficial um, and obviously very, very draining for you because you're going to be the one that's constantly giving. And it's really because they don't have anything to give. Mm. So, you know, I've always, I'm an empathic person from a mile away. I can spot one of these people, but I would never have had the label for it. And although I'm not really into labels just because, oh, I'm going to call that person this, you know, this is what you are, you know. The whole point of it, the label is so that you can, that person can become self-aware and learn how to, you know, um, heal basically. But Mm. what I see is the opposite is that sometimes if that person is aware of maybe their diagnosis or whatever they are, then they study it and they become even worse. Mm. So that's why one of the reasons, one of the things that it's better to do is to separate yourself from these people as opposed to, um, you know, pointing out to them what they are.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting. It's such a fine scary line that I have seen. Okay. And like you said, you know, this person I I have seen most narcissists that I know in my life or have known when I re- reflect back, they are highly intelligent people. Highly intelligent. Yep. And, and just like better. you said, either you know, they use that intelligence to their benefit and they like you said if they were to learn even more so about their behaviors and how to use that for their benefit they could become you know even deeper into this disease or diagnosis so yeah you know what could happen if you don't become aware of this is like you really could lose everything and unfortunately that person is potentially such a master manipulator that they could even have like you said, if you're going through a divorce with kids, they could have the judge even wrapped up into their own story. You know, these people are very, very cunning, <laughs> and, very and, cunning. and and endearing. You know, a lot of them are very endearing, especially at first. And I've read a few books recently, especially on relationships with the one I read in particular, I can't remember what it's called, but it was on psychopaths. And it really, the relationship starts very intense. Lots of lust, you know, lots of adventure, very passionate, very, you know, it's almost too good to be true. Yeah, <laughs> and that's exactly. that's sort of how it starts out. And then that's how they kind of get you under their wings. So this leads me into my next question. What do you think happens in that dynamic, in that relationship, that the abusee actually becomes almost loyal to their abuser, to this person who has such control over them. So
0: usually the way that happens is because one of the things that you'll see also be very aware of someone trying to move way too fast in a relationship with you. That's why it's always better to take it slow. You know, um, because what a what a narcissistic person will do is they will quickly, as fast as they can, become enmeshed. And these are the people that you see a lot of the times that are, you know, moving in together in the first year, you know, getting married, like, you know, just enmeshed as fast as you can to where the, the lines between those two people is very blurred. They're involved in every aspect of your life and you have allowed them to, usually mm-hmm. because that you have weak boundaries and you're not seeing all the red flags or you're completely gaslighted by them thinking that this is your soulmate and that you, you have all these things in common because that's what they've led you to believe. And, you know, a lot of people just don't want to believe that the person that they are in love with, who apparently has just, you know, has just come into their lives and just made it heaven is, uh, is an actor and, um, it's completely wearing a mask. And like you said, they, they can in the courtroom, they can, they wear that mask and, uh, they can fool everyone they can fool attorneys judges therapists counselors you know guardians but the way that you the way that you can um bust them in those in those routes you know if you do have to go through a court situation is because the thing about them is that what they say and what they do do not match so they'll talk up a good storm a lot of the a lot of empty promises You're, we're going to do this and that and you know if I could just get this taken care of and what they mean by that is you'll just take care of this for me then we're going to have a perfect life our life is going to be great and then you know be it will be there will always be something that you have to do for them even though it's really not your problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of deflecting of responsibility, you know, onto you. Um, and so because of that, you almost feel indebted to that person. And, you know, and whether you realize that there's always a lot a lot of demeaning. So then instead of you know, a healthy relationship is building each other up so that that person can be the best person that they are when they're with you, but also when they're not with you, because tomorrow is not guaranteed for any of us. So if we're not trying to control the other person and we're we're building them up and we know that we build them up, we set them free, but they're loyal to us anyway and they're going to be there. You know, there's no need to control them because that's a healthy relationship. You know, a narcissistic relationship is going to be the opposite. They are going to be very jealous of others around you. So they'll try to separate you from those people. Um, and that's anything. It's a family relationship, friends, you know, especially if there's another female that comes by that's that's looking at you, you know, in a desirable way, you know, um, so you'll, you'll notice that they really are started. They do the opposite of what a healthy person in a healthy relationship would do, but people mistake that. And they think, oh, she she'll, she, she would never let me go on a trip with my, my guy friends to Vegas because she just loves me too much. You know, I mean, she, you know, but it's really not that it's because she's very, very jealous and, and doesn't trust that, you know, you could go by yourself, and she doesn't want you to leave her alone. And, um, you know, so you don't have any freedom. There's no freedom in those, in those types of relationships. So, mm. you know, which is the opposite of what a healthy relationship is, but you know, people mistake that it's, a um, sense of ab- abandonment kind of masked as, and I love you so much. You know, I just, I just can't be without you for the weekend. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's an insecurity it's that this, they mask as something else. Yeah.
1: It seems like this really deeply seated fear and. Mm-hmm and scarcity mindset that then comes across as, oh, well this, like you said, this person really loves me and cherishes me. They want to buy a house with me and they want to have all joint accounts and they want to have kids and they want, you know, this okay. is, you know, everything that I've ever wanted in my life. But then, you know, there's subtle ways of control, you know, whether it's these kind of passive aggressiveness or, yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking of examples that are so, you know, that isolation or alienation from your family, your loved ones, your other, your yes. friends. It's this separation and then this control and then this, I mean, um, I mean, quite obvious almost at times bullying and, and demeaning. Yes.
0: Which mm-hmm. is so if, yeah, if they, if they demean, if anyone that you're with demeans you enough, then they're going to trick you into thinking you're lucky to be with them. Yes. And so then you you start thinking that and then you're like, oh, my God, but I'm, I'm lucky to have her while this person maybe is sitting at your house all day, living off of your money, not not contributing in any way. You know, it's completely concerned with their looks and their outward appearance and, and, and eating up attention they get from anyone, including other men that might be looking at them in the wrong way but that would never be allowed for you and then they use that attention and say see look at how much everybody else wants me you're lucky to have me mm-hmm. and then and i see that with a lot of female narcissists that trap men you mm-hmm. know and they that's how they get them in with the money and and the big houses and the cars and they get to live that superficial lifestyle um, because that's that's what they're they're more interested in is the lifestyle not the person that they're with you mm-hmm. know yeah. um, so it's always a very self-centered very self-centered um,
1: way of life yeah it's this very like i said this highly intelligent well-planned and manipulative way of getting somebody to become deeply loyal to you and on many many levels so i actually heard recently that once once even clinically diagnosed it can take up to 10 years or more of consistent therapy for a narcissist to recover because this this truly is a a disease of the mind. You know, there really is. And I think that's the other part. You know, the the empath wants to truly believe that there is something good in this person's heart. You know, there is something good in that person, which of course there is deep down, but unfortunately they are sick. They truly are sick and they really don't even realize something is wrong. And they will put, like you said, put on that mask in front of the therapist, even if they agree to go to couples therapy, if it even were to get to that point, then I'm sure the person sitting next to you. I mean, this this was shared with me in my recent experience that when they went to couples therapy, then this individual was like a stranger sitting on the couch, speaking to the sure. therapist because it was so it was so the opposite of reality. So yeah, let's shift a little bit then. So I think we've covered pretty well some of the signs, the symptoms. What? it might be like for somebody in this type of relationship. And if you are listening to this and you're thinking, oh man, like a a lot of this is hitting home either for myself or somebody that I love, what do I do next? So I can imagine an exit strategy really needs to be done carefully, well-planned and with a lot of support. Can you give a little light on that?
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so I, I can at least say from a personal um, situation that I've been helping with over the past couple of years has involved a lot of litigation because there's children involved. And, you know, that's a very, very difficult situation because you got the kids who are unaware. They know something's not right because they're they are not following in this parent's footsteps. But that they don't know really what's going on because the parents are manipulative enough that they're able to do something to their face and then something else behind their back. And sabotaging them in the in the meantime. I mean, it's 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 uh it's uh, amazing the things that these people will do to their own children. They just don't care, and um, that lack of empathy is extremely apparent. So, if you're dealing with a divorce situation and there's kids involved, um, that we, we 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 could even do a whole other podcast about because there are so many tips I would give somebody and say, you know do this, do this, do this. But the number one thing is is to have everything in writing mm-hmm. because these people are, are pathological, you know, liars. You will hear when you do a lot of research about it, how do you know when they're lying? Well, the truth is basically when their mouth's open because these people have rewritten history so many times that they probably have gotten to the point where they believe their own lies, you mm-hmm. know? And so if that's the case. then you're dealing with someone who could say one thing today and not. something opposite tomorrow. So you have to have things in writing so that you're able to prove to any legal person involved that this is what's really going on. You're seeing, you're seeing one thing, but this is what's happening behind the scenes. And there's multiple ways that you can do that, you know, in a, in a, in a legal or custody battle or something like that. But if let's just say it's a girlfriend, which I've had this happen recently also, where I've discovered that, you know, girlfriend of mine was, you know, a hundred percent, you know, total, total narc. And, you know, when I look back on it, it makes total sense. And this explains why this person was never contributing. You know, she took from all of us all the time, but it was never, there was nothing in return, even on trips out, you know, for someone else's birthday it would be about her, you know, and what she wanted to do and not about the birthday person, you know, which is, which is interesting. Mm. <laughs> and you, it, it can be so subtle that you really just don't, you don't, you don't pay attention. And the world we live in is very superficial. And someone posts a selfie online and they get hundreds I've, I've tested this myself. When I go on my Instagram, if I post a selfie, I'll, I break, I break a hundred on the likes. Everybody likes comments this and that, you know, if I post a picture of, you know, my guy's, uh, son playing basketball, you know, just, just killing it on the three pointers maybe I get 20 or so likes, you know, you know, or if it's different, you know, and it's a a scenery or a landscape, you know, so this is the world we live in and these types of people, you know, I now have a stage on social media and you'll see the constant selfies, you know, it's all very self-absorbed in their post. So Mm -hmm. a lot of times you can see who they are because of how they portray their life to be. Um, And you can kind of see the no substance there. You know, mm-hmm. so, so, yeah, I, I would say, um, and now I'm losing track because this is such a crazy situation or, you know, I mm-hmm. could I could talk for days about this, but, yeah, but that's anyway, cool. yeah, so, <laughs> so
1: that's we, yeah, so, that. yeah, definitely. So it sounds like, you know, as a, as far as an exit strategy, um, one of the n- number one top sort of tips maybe that you would give someone is really just to get everything in writing, get legal support. If there is... Mm-hmm joint assets and children, especially. Um, and what about planning or, you know, I've, I've heard like well, what what you mentioned even earlier in the podcast today, just calling somebody out as a narcissist probably is not the best idea. So, you know, mm-hmm. as far as emotional support and subtle exit strategy planning, you know, maybe, maybe it's not as maybe you're just, like you said, in a friendship with somebody, how do you start putting up those healthy boundaries when you're realizing that now there is somebody in your life that is really just draining you and you're seeing some of the signs and symptoms of their self-absorption? What might be a few other yeah, support or planning tactics or healthy boundaries that you would start instilling?
0: So, so if it's just a friend and it, you know, look, the best thing to do is to be no contact with these kind of people, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes it doesn't have to be that severe, you know, and you don't even have to do anything. You can just kind of withdraw. Like, you know, I mean, just you throw the flag, just stop contacting them. A lot of times you will notice that they stop contacting you too. They don't really care. They've, they probably have other sources of supply because you weren't their main source anyway. So, Mm. you know, so with the girlfriend, I just kind of went MIA, you know I mean? And haven't had any problems and, you know, but she's not reliant on me in any way, you know, it's really, if you're really immersed. So if you're living with someone, if it's a roommate, if it's something like that, then you probably need to take the proper steps and, and, Number one, therapy is always great, especially if it's uh, someone that you really love. So getting your own therapy and your own help, because the more that you do have the ability to heal yourself and to, you know, recover from that relationship, um, they're going to go and once you detach from them, as painful as it is, you're saving yourself a lot of pain down the road. So if you can do that and just go build up yourself and focus on you and just cut it off. I mean, we can block people on our phones. We can block people on social media, you know. The person that controls your life is you, and so if you take that control and you realize this person isn't good for me, they're not going to help me grow in any way. They're going to hold me back, and they're going to take from me the whole time, and that's not a real relationship. Um, mm. Then, then you just have to make the painful choice, and and usually we have a lot more control than we than we um, realize, and and eventually over time people usually do it. You know, they usually get so tired of a person, mm. but sometimes I hear people say things to others like, but she's your mom or, you yeah, know, but that's your sister, you know, whatever. But, mm. but understand people have to understand that, that a, a crazy amount of stress does cause disease and, you know, toxic people are the number one source of crazy stress. You know, our bodies can survive bad diets and things like that. Sometimes even better than living in a toxic situation um, you know, just putting you at a, you know, you're not at ease the whole time you're there. So, um, yeah. just, you, if you can just remove yourself and just have the faith and ability, uh, you know, to, that you do have the control of your life and who you let in it, um, usually you're going to be able to heal and get out of it very safely.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that brings up, you know, a really good point for me and something that I, I had to learn in this particular personal situation was, there, there's no fighting it and there's no need to fight it because there's no end to that fight you know this no. this person feeds on your reactions and your feedback and that's that's what they're going for you know they're looking for your reaction so really just silently packing up your bags getting things in writing hiring an attorney if you need to if if there's you know assets and families involved then then just get out just get out quietly you know again there's no fighting it and my loved one, when they came to me and said, "I need your support in this," I was so grateful that they said to me, "You know the the way that you can support me right now is by being grounded and by not reacting." Because of course this was personal for me and it was close to my heart, and my loved one was suffering, and it was very challenging for me, who was emotionally a little bit separated from the abuser, to not be reactive, you know, and to not want to go down tangents of Talking about it and being emotional about it. And like I said, my loved one said to me, The way that you can support me is by being grounded and not reacting right now. I just need you to be there to help me with these logistics. And, uh, you know, on the other side of all of this, we can figure it out. But please, I have enough emotional turmoil going on inside of me and I know you're charged up. But I need you to be grounded. And that was that was one of the most beautiful moments of, co- of communication. And it just goes to show even more so that this person has worked very hard for the last few years on learning proper communication and what that looks like and explaining their needs. And the other person was just so unwilling to even go down that path. So... Yeah, if if yeah. you know if you're a third party in a situation witnessing somebody be abused, I think that was really good advice for me to hear as well from my loved one, and just say, hey, you know, I know you're emotionally charged, but the way that you can support me right now is just helping me th- through these logistics, like physically put these boxes together to help me move. Can you Google some attorneys that we can talk to? Like, go into problem solving mode because there's
0: yeah. a, there's, a,
1: <laughs> there's enough emotion involved in here as it is, so.
0: I believe that a hundred percent. It's always better to have, uh, that is something that you do need. You need someone in your corner that is able to detach from the situation emotionally and be logical and, and help you to get out. Um, and that's exactly what I've been doing in the, in the relationship that I'm in. Um, and it's been a very long process. I mean, we will have spent years in litigation to make this happen, but you can, if you research, you can do the, there is, the court system is there to help you, especially in custody battles because, um, you know, I mean, there's just no limit to what these people will do, but mm-hmm. most of what they will do is either illegal, it's in violation of some type of court-ordered agreement, and every time they get mad or angry, they'll do it again, and and those are the things that you can actually go after them within court, so that, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you have some type of authority that they will have to abide by. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, just just being non-emotional and, and not saying anything to them to, um, you know
1: feel the fire.
0: fire, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Because they already probably feel really down on themselves for be for getting involved with someone. And and they'll, you know, you hear a lot of people say, I wasted the last two years or three years of my life. Mm. And so they just need, they need to understand and know most of these people are also very um, embarrassed because they realize everyone around them knew, but they didn't for a a long time. Um, So just they just need to be treated with complete unconditional love because they never got that in that relationship and know that you're going to help them and then and and just remind them the future is so much brighter because they just made a huge first step to changing their future.
1: It makes me smile just yeah. thinking about it. So this brings me to kind of step three of self-recovery. And we, we've hit a few of those really few points in the last few minutes, you know, in the road to recovery and, you know, what it could look like from the beginning, which we really just talked kind of in depth about that, but you know, as far as on the other side, right? So say this person's exit strategy now worked there on the other side, you know, they they see that there's a little bit of a light on the other side, but they're still dealing with, just like you said, maybe guilt, shame, and also the grief of the death of the relationship, either that you never had, or that you dreamed of having with this person. And, you know, that goes for anyone. When you break up with someone, you're definitely going through a grieving process of the death of that relationship. Now that third entity. So where might one start in this self-recovery?
0: Oh, well, look, I'm a huge fan of self-help books and getting involved in other in groups that people are either, um, a healing type of group. You know, there's some great, um, groups that you can usually find on either meetup or whatever that are, um, You know, people are helping you to um, get unstuck or to um, live your best life, or, you know, whether it's a Tony Robbins type of seminar, just something like that that kind of helps you to get back on your own feet because um, you can do so much more, uh, so many more amazing things in your own personal life when you don't have someone else sucking the life out of you. Mm -hmm. And if you, you know, I think about how much time is wasted during the day when we have to deal with this toxic person who, in the future we're not going to have to deal with it. And I'm like, look at all the stuff we're doing because we know who we're dealing with. So we push push this toxic person off to the side and we focus on our goals. We do vision boards. You know, we actually, we focus on our work, on our, um, you know... Uh, just future amazing ideas that we have, and we work towards them. So we really we're focusing on us and our and our goals and aspirations. And then this person off to the side is going to kind of slowly fade away because mm-hmm. I really believe that where attention goes, energy flows. Mm-hmm. And um, you know we hear that so much, and it's really true. So if we focus on that person all day, um, then we're we're going to have a miserable life. But mm-hmm. you know the, the the step to recovery is to do that. Number one is to focus on you and also to block them out. So if you can you if you can go fully no contact and there's no kids or anything involved then do it. that means blocking them on everything, phone, social media, whatever, however they try to contact you, nothing. You are a complete cement wall they cannot get through. Mm-hmm. And that in itself shifts the balance of power. Now you are in full control of you of you again mm-hmm. and they're not. But the minute that you go back and you go, oh, you get that moment of weakness or people get drunk and then they make calls and they do things like that, then, you know, you're putting, then you've just shifted the balance of power and the ball's back in their court and they hold your control. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I would do, I would definitely go no contact and um, focus on you.
1: Amazing. And, you know, this is, this is circling all back around to really why this topic is so relevant on this particular podcast, Let's Start Health, because I truly know and believe through and through we are resilient, beautiful, whole beings, and healing will happen with the right conditions and circumstances, whether that be spiritual healing, emotional healing, or physical healing, whatever journey it is that you're on, there is healing, (laughs) and it is just a matter of putting yourself in the right circumstances blocking out removing and then blocking the toxic people or things that are keeping you low vibrational and getting support surrounding yourself you know don't underestimate the power of community this is something that is so important to me and really circles back around to why i'm i'm even doing this podcast because i truly believe that there is a power in hearing people's stories and connecting on a on a on a level that we're allowed to hear. Right. So I agree. I I can't say thank you enough for your time and your experience with this and and sharing so beautifully and so vulnerably. So I'd love to shift one more time and ask, you know, what are, what are a couple other resources? You've shared a few uh, resources already, but I know you just built a website as well, or in the process of launching a website. Would you like to share that? Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> sure. So um, this was one of my passion projects that I started a few months back and I need to kind of just get in and, and completely like get where I, I, I will be happy with it. But um, it's a website that the website is a harsh dot com. Mm -hmm. And all it is basically is a kind of an awareness website where people who are maybe in difficult relationships, it doesn't matter what type of relationship it is, can look at and it gives you steps to identify if you're, if it's a narcissistic personality. Um, And then it also helps you to um, remove yourself kind of slowly, but surely remove yourself from this person uh, and then, and then help heal, you know, Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of healing involved after this. Um, There is going to be a little um, thing on there where you basically can, put in someone's information if you want them to notify them, because probably one of the, one of the most difficult things is to say, you know, oh my God, like I realized that my sister's in a relationship with a narcissistic guy and I want to tell him and, you know, I want to tell her and what happens when you do want to notify your loved one is usually that backfires on you and, you know, they become angry with you because, oh, you're talking about my husband or, or, or whoever it is. And, and, nothing good happens, even if you're right. Mm. So what I have on there is an anonymous um, way that people can actually put someone's information. And so they can get mailed a postcard that will just notify them of the website um, and hopefully drive traffic there to the website. And if they do go look, you know, it doesn't, it's not coming from anywhere. It's an anonymous postcard. That's just going to let them know that, you know, Be aware there are narcissistic people in life and in the first, hopefully, minute that they're on the site that they can kind of say, oh, wait a minute, maybe this will raise some red flags. Because until someone explains it to you or you go looking and do the research, you don't even realize half of the people in your life that you've dealt with who are on the spectrum. And, you know, as soon as I found out, I went back and I just went to Facebook and I started deleting them. I'm like, I, ah, you know, I don't need these people, but I always knew something wasn't right. But even my inner, you my inner gut or instinct wasn't strong enough for me to just remove them from my life. Mm. But when I, when I, when I learned the, you know, the information, I mean, knowledge is always the, is power, you know, um, then it gave me the ability to say, uh, you know what, I don't need that. And it just got rid of them. Mm. So, um, so yeah, that website is something that I hope will really help people, if anything you know, it's just got some videos on there. Some of the people who are extremely, um, educated in this, you know, who can tell you even more descriptive things, you know, about how to, how to uh, figure, you know, somebody out and, and how to handle them. Uh, but I, I also think some of the, my favorite resources is there's a girl, um, a little shaman it's her name she's got an amazing youtube channel the little shaman healing i think is the youtube channel she also has a facebook page and now she's back on instagram so if you just look for little shaman healing um and shaman is s-h-a-m-a-n um she is incredible she knows this personality to a t she does amazing podcast um great post every day um But I've spoken to her on the phone a few times and paid for her advice, and uh, she's an expert with the personality. Um, Another another great resource would be – there's a couple books that I really like. What is Disarming the Narcissist? Um, This will really help you if you're in a relationship with one or you have one close by. And then another one is the Wizard of Oz and other narcissists. And if you didn't, you didn't think about it growing up watching the Wizard of Oz, which I love that movie. But if you, if you I don't, I don't know if this was actually the intention of whoever wrote the film. But um, you know, the Wizard of Oz is a great example of a narcissist because you've got this wizard who is appearing to be this all mighty, powerful guy, who's hiding behind a curtain, and really he's nothing. And he's sending you know Dorothy out on these crazy witch hunts to go do this, 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 and this for him, and it's never in and she comes back and finally she's like "Well, what's wrong with you you're demeaning you're doing all these crazy things and you're pretending to be this huge guy with all this power when she pulls the curtain back it's just a measly little dude there you
1: know <laughs> and, wow I never thought of that
0: <laughs> you never think of it that way mm-hmm. but anyway the book is very interesting because it goes through the characters in The Wizard of Oz and then it explains to you um the dynamics of a narcissistic relationship um mm. and uh so that's another great book, and then there's another one called uh, "Becoming the Narcissist Nightmare," which is is an amazingly huge book that has so many amazing situations and scenarios, um, and talks and, and it separates them up and it gives you the extreme detail of a female narcissist. If you uh, happen to have one in the group of friends, or you know her characteristics, what she'll do, and and it's amazing to me that these, it's very textbook. It's a textbook personality. So that then when you look at it, you're like, "Well, wait a minute." Now you start to be able to pick them out from seeing their Facebook profile.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's I think very
0: interesting.
1: One hundred percent. And even as you were going through some of the examples, it's literally just check check it off the list, like to a T. Yeah. We could describe yep. this person, and the, you know, the person that I was involved in. It's to a T. So, well, Camille, thank you so so much. Aharshtruth.com. I love the website, right. by the way. It is beautiful it is well done it is it's aesthetically pleasing and the information on there is totally invaluable and i know that you're doing it just on your own free time and, and I, I can't say thank you enough for that because it's it's really important work so um we will put links to all of this stuff in the show notes and i'd love to just round the show out now with you personally camille what does the term optimum optimized health mean to you
0: oh gosh optimized health you know, I, I feel like I started doing this about eight years ago. And so to me, it means kind of like living your best life. So that means like taking care of your body, you know, really paying attention to your diet, what you put in it, because, you know, your body does have the ability to heal your heal yourself, you know, whether it's physical or emotional healing that you need, um, you know, really, it, it's your temple. So just taking great care of it um, has changed my life in so many ways. Uh, it's definitely put me more in touch with... Um, spiritual side of life. And, um, to me, it just means taking great care of yourself.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well-rounded, you know, and and I love that. Of course, it really resonates with me as a gut health coach, because, you know, the way we do one thing is the way we do everything. And if you begin to become self-aware, you start to take care of your physical body. Now you start waking up in the morning, feeling energized and motivated to start doing some of the other self-care work that maybe you've been putting off for a while. And then the spiritual and emotional rewards seem to follow very, very quickly. Because again, we are whole, resilient, and beautiful beings, right? Spiritual beings on a human path. So... Thank you again, Camille. And I am so appreciative of your time. And I've really enjoyed this conversation. And I hope anybody listening, if if you have any questions, you can go straight to aharshtruth.com. Where might someone be able to find you, Camille? Uh, Is there any other website where they can maybe reach out to you and ask if they have any questions or Instagram?
0: Sure. I have it. My, my other website is, is mia365.com, which is my tech company, Miami 365. And, and there's a contact form in there with my contact info. Beautiful. Um, Yeah. So they Perfect. can contact me either way.
1: Perfect. Thank you so, so much. I appreciate your time.
0: Thank you. Have a great day, Chelsea.
1: You too. I wanted to take a quick moment to give you, my community of listeners, some genuine appreciation. I know how valuable and precious our time is in today's world of productivity, and I couldn't be more grateful for yours today. If you feel that this episode was of value to you, I would be even more grateful if you were to share it with your people. Go ahead and copy and paste that link into messages. Smartphones make it super easy these days. Or if you're feeling really creative, pop a screenshot of the episode into your Instagram stories and send it on over to that person in your life who might need this boost of inspiration today. Don't forget to tag the podcast handle, Let's Start Health, and my personal account, The Yogi Yachty, so we can have all the fun connecting, building community, and sharing all the things. Thank you again, and remember be curious and unwavering on this journey to health.